You know, it's a, it's a few days later and you're still finding little scraps of ribbon and pieces of paper maybe shoved in between the cushions or the couch or wedged underneath the coffee table. The curbs, they're lined with boxes and, and some of those dark plastic bags just overflowing with wrapping paper. The streets aren't nearly as busy as they were 48 hours ago and off in the distance you can hear the faint giggles of kids playing with new toys, the revving up of fresh power tools. And everyone kind of takes a collective sigh at this moment, don't they? A relief of, well, there it is, another year in the books. And let's be honest, if you're like me, this is one year that you cannot yet wait to put behind you. This holiday season probably wasn't quite the same, the traditions, the rhythms as perhaps what you were used to. But was that such a bad thing after all? You see, recently uh, I was having a conversation with a close friend of mine and we were talking about just everything that 2020 brought. Some of the baggage, some of the angst, some of the, the things that were just unforeseen and uncharted. And, and he caught me off guard when he kind of took the conversation a different direction. I said to him, he said, Eric, you know, most of us, we, we consider 2020 to be a wash. Let's put a bow on it and we cannot wait to get to 2021. Yeah, I'm grateful for this year, he said. I was like, wait, what? What do you mean you're, you're grateful for this year? He said, yeah, yeah, hear me out. He said, because what this year caused me to do is figure out what my true priorities were in life. You see, before, you know, you could hide behind my job. I could hide behind my busyness, always being tired. But he said, now, that wasn't even an option. For me, as he went on to say, he says, he calls this the great disruption. He said, not disruption in a negative way, but I was forced to slow down. It was a wake-up call in some ways. It disrupted my family. It disrupted my schedule. It disrupted my, my finances. It disrupted everything. And it caused me to consider, where was I putting my faith and comfort in this life? It's a pretty good question. Now, my friend, he wasn't making light of the businesses that had to close down or the people that lost their jobs. He wasn't poking any fun at those who have lost loved ones as a result of the COVID-19 virus. But in a sense, I believe what he was getting at was right. Because if you're like me, you felt that too, haven't you? That meant this year has, has done something to all of us, perhaps like no other year in our history. It's funny though, that as the Christmas season hit, I always find myself trying to regain some of my priorities. And I don't know about you guys, but every year when the Christmas season hits, do you find yourself trying to, to regain some balance or rhythm to the year? You know, you, you try to maybe reconnect with those, those family members you haven't talked to uh, in some months, or perhaps those are people you haven't shown appreciation to all year. You say, hey, well, now's the time to do that. Maybe some of us, we become others focused for a season and, and we actually enjoy the happiness that that brings. You see, every year after Christmas, but before New Year's, there's this, this transitional period, isn't it? That the new year isn't quite here yet, but the past year isn't quite finished. You know, a little secret, I always, uh, I always tell my wife that calories don't count from December 24th all the way to January 2nd. There's nothing counts, it's all a wash. But here's the thing I want us to all think about this morning, is that not every transition is a bad thing. And not every disruption has to be painted in a negative way. Here's what I'm going with this. 
is that what if right now, just for the next few moments, we just took a little bit of time to consider, to use this transitional moment to really think about what are the true priorities of our life? You see, Christmas doesn't just end when the trees come down. Christmas, in fact, it goes on because the gift of Jesus perpetually lives in us. Now, I'm not talking about some type of Christmas joy that we see in the Hallmark movies. No, I'm talking about the gift of new life, the gospel message that we have been redeemed from the bondage and brokenness of our sin and made new in the life and death and resurrection of Christ. You see, that's the part of Christmas story that will always leave uh, in within us. Even though every season is over, the reason behind it, the heart of Jesus, for those of us who have professed faith in Jesus, we get to remember that truth, that good news that continues to do its work within us. In Colossians chapter two, I love how the apostle Paul kind of puts it. It's this, this reminder of don't forget what started you out in the race, so to speak, is going to be continually working within you. In Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven, Paul says these words. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened by the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You see, we must remember that there is no end game to the effect of Christmas. There's no stopping point uh, to our faith that our savior has come, our savior lived, our savior died and our savior rose from the grave and that savior now lives with us who have received that gift exchange of our sin for his grace. And that means it's the gift that keeps on giving. He calls us to consider the priorities of life to be aligned and matched with his heart every day, every season, every year, in and out. You see, this is the last part of the Christmas gift exchange. It's not just that that God saw the need to fix that problem of sin and exchange our sin for his grace or our heart with his heart, but it comes full circle here. Is that Jesus calls us to exchange our priorities for his. See, Jesus doesn't say, well, here's my gift of love. Here's my gift of grace. Here's my gospel. Do with it what you will. If you want to use it a little bit, a lot of it, it's up to you. No, no. What Jesus says, this is my gift to you. It is free. It is for you. You do not earn it. You can receive it. But here's the thing. You need to consider the cost. You need to count the ways. If you take it, everything else in life must be adjusted with it. It's not because he's a domineering God but it's because he's a loving God, a truth-telling God, a holy God that he knows best and he knows what a blessed life looks like. So in some ways, the, the question that Christmas leaves all of us with, you know, it's not, you know, did you get to eat your favorite ham this year? It's, it's not, uh, are you still enjoying the gifts a week later? It's not, uh, hey, did your family hold it together when the in-laws came into town, Right? The Christmas season leaves us with this question. It's do your priorities point to his purpose in your life? It's a tough question. If a savior was born to die so that we might leave that death behind and live with him, live in him, the question becomes, are we? Am I? Are you? 
And that purpose we only find through spending time in his word, going to him in prayer, communing together with the church as a body. You see this moment, this transitional period is, as, we're, as we're reflecting back and also getting ready to look forward, we can ask ourselves this question. And it will tell us everything we need to know about how well we are walking this life with the Spirit. Did your and will your priorities point to his purpose in your life? What would you say for this year? As we wrap up 2020, what would you say was perhaps that score of how well did your priorities match the heart of Christ? And the good news is we kick off a brand new year here in just a few days. Are you ready to see how more of your priorities can align with the heart of Jesus? As we continue in our worship service this morning, I wanna invite uh, you to join with me as we partake in communion. Communion is that chance for us to remember how we can see those priorities lived out through Jesus's life, death, and resurrection that we remember through his commandments, through his word with to his disciples during the last supper. We have the opportunity to say, God, I know you are real. I know you are with me. May I make you a priority this year. And so if you have some moments, you can press pause or maybe perhaps you've gotten the communion elements ready uh, with you already. Uh, We're gonna go ahead and partake in the bread and the juice together. But as we do, as we prepare to remember that great gift exchange that was given to us, I wanna read a few verses from Psalm chapter 73, verses 25 through 28, to maybe help put in perspective, what do those priorities look like when we exchange ours for his? Psalm 73 says this, it says, "'Whom have I in heaven but you, O Lord? "'And earth has nothing I desire beside you. "'My flesh and my heart may fail, "'but God is the strength of my heart "'and my portion forever. "'Those who are far from you will perish. "'You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. "'But as for me, it is good to be near to God.'" I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge and I will tell of all of your deeds. Let us partake in remembering the work of Christ together this morning. Jesus on his final night with his disciples, he held up the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body, take and eat. And in that same moment, Jesus held up the cup, the wine, and he said, this represents my blood shed for you. Take and drink. After that, he commanded his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Will you join us as we continue to worship this morning, remembering the great work of Jesus that reminds us every Christmas season, and frankly, every day of the year, that our God lifts.